Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we're back once again with episode 17 of the 1973 podcast. I'm back with the best tag team in the podcasting business, Ed, Tom, what's going on? What's going on, guys? What's <laughs> happening? The whole effing podcast? <laughs> Is that copyright infringement, patent pending? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before we get rolling and everything, I want to uh, just... Give a shout out. I want to bring a, a guest on for a minute. And I want to say his uh, my daughter had a big weekend this weekend with a Bruins team. Uh, they won the Battle of Boston. Wicked proud. Did a lot of work this weekend. A lot of road miles. So it was all worth it. So Ken, you want to say anything? That's right. So get out of here. Thanks, Good job, Ken. Kennedy. <laughs> Good job, Kennedy. Congratulations. So, uh, yeah, I just want to get that in there. You know, the kids are shy. They don't want to be on, but uh, when you put on my camera, they freeze. <laughs> so uh, let's uh, kind of start this week with what we usually do. Um, Ed, what do you got for an email this week? All right, we're, we're dipping way into my neck of the country here. Deep, deep, deep into the mailbag okay. here. Well, well, make sure you say who it's from and where they're from. All right. Well, she doesn't tell us where she's from, but we all know where she's from. This is from Sharon Collins, and she says, uh, explain why Drew Brees is more awesome than Tom Brady. Thomas, I'm going to let you take the lead on this. I mean, <laughs> Hold and, on, I, and I'm going to come in hard here. on the end. I've, I've got gonna... a report here. <laughs> all right. Now, based just on stats, they're pretty even. Stats. What? Brady played 22 seasons. Brees played 20. Drew Brees has a 67, 67.7% completion percentage, 80,358 yards. Brady has 64% completed, 89,214 yards. Now you go touchdowns. Brady played two more seasons. He's got 649 throwing, and Brees has 571. Now the Interceptions, Drew Brees has 243, Brady has 212. Now, where it gets a little bit, Brees had uh, 21 fumbles and Brady had 35. So that's the big, that's the biggest, that's where Brees has the uh, advantage right there. Other than that, I think if, when you're that close, you go with Super Bowl rings. And I, I don't want to be a homer, but I mean, seven rings, six in New England, I believe. Hey, be careful how you say that. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm just i'm gonna hit you with this i'm just gonna hit you with the regular season wins uh let's see the, there's a 251 80 to 82 for brady and uh drew Brees was 127 and 114 postseason 35 and 13 for brady and then nine and nine uh in the postseason for drew Brees. and uh you know the, let's see oh yeah that's right three uh, three times uh league mvp for Tom Brady and zero for Drew Brees. Uh, also, uh, yeah, there were seven Super Bowl wins and uh, to one. Now, <clears throat> since I since I live in the area down here, uh, I, I I must uh, kind of like explain myself here a little bit more. So <laughs> I'll just no, I will say this: um, Drew Brees is huge down here in the community. Um, he came in post Katrina uh, and he put his money where his mouth was. Uh, you know, he really li he lived in the magazine district in the Garden District. And he kept his family in there. Um, he didn't move. He didn't move. He still lives there. And uh, he's a big fixture of the community. And really, he, he's really a great person. 
Um, you know, he, he puts his money where his mouth is. Um, I'm still going to, you know, even though I, I live in the South, I'm still going to have to go with Mr. Brady because the thing about it is, is, I mean, it's seven Super Bowl wins. And and I do believe that Drew Brees got, got shafted out of three, out of two more due to the fact that, uh, you know, the uh, <clears throat> there was some uh, – uh, we didn't see that call. Sorry. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, oh, wait. Uh, oh, wait. Uh, did that just happen? You know, uh, just saying, that, you know, so – Anyway, I'm going to have to still go with Brady, but I will say head-to-head in the Superdome, I was there on the Monday night when Brady played Drew Brees, and I will say that the Saints fans were extremely gracious. Uh, that's after Drew Brees and the Saints put an ass-whooping on the Patriots on Monday night. So that's all I got to say. Sharon, thank you so much, uh, and I'll, I'll be seeing you guys soon. I will say – Breeze was a ton better in college at Purdue. His stats in college just blew Brady's away. Now, granted, Brady was kind of uh, one or two years, he was in like a platoon with, uh, I think it was Drew Henson. But uh, Yeah, it was Drew Henson, yeah. But, yeah, I I like them both. So, to me, I mean, I'm a homer, so Brady, but Drew Breeze, there's, there's, there's a lot. They're right there, neck and neck in comparison. Well, I the, think they both. I think that they both meant a lot to both of those cities at at their times that they both played. They really, you know, I mean, Brady bringing the Patriots, you know, to to what they became, you know, ten Super Bowls basically in twenty years. I mean, that, that's saying a lot. And then, you know, I mean, living here and only move, you know moving here two and a half years after Katrina. I mean, I, I don't think that like pictures can actually prove how devastated this area was and really how much Drew Brees and the Saints really meant to the area. So, I mean, I, I still give, you know, Drew Brees honorable mention, but Brady's still number one because of the Super Bowl breaks, that's all. So uh, my take on the whole thing is we lived in a time where, uh, you know, parity in sports is huge, and the last thing that any league wants, as much as they like to spin it into a uh, Cinderella story or all these other things, is they hate – when the same team wins all the time because it, it the way the leagues are set up with parity. And so it's nice to see that, especially if it's your team, unlike my team, but uh, you know, it, it is what it is and that's the way it's structured. And that's the world we live in with a lot of, is he still, is he still driving the minivan from 1987? I have questions. <laughs> so um, as far as the, the, Ying and Yang with Brady and Breeze. You guys ready to move on for that? And we'll, we'll yeah, we're, we're going to Thanks, okay. Sharon. Sharon. Thanks for the question. Yeah, I, I just want to stop for one second before we move on. And I want to say the YouTube page and the Facebook page is absolutely blown up over the last week, week and a half. It's unbelievable. I just want to say how thankful, you know, we are for all that. I mean, I, I don't know who's watching, but keep watching. Um, you know, we got to be doing something right we're entertaining a little bit maybe making you laugh i mean uh i've heard that people listen to it religiously like on their way to work they'll put it like on their phone and listen to it that way um i mean we try to keep it to you know like around a half an hour so nobody gets bored or we don't get long-winded with a lot of the subjects but sometimes we do depending on how interested we are in certain subjects but uh you know i just want to say also budget constraints too yeah 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 budget constraints but that could change. We've got a tight budget know. around here. <laughs> it's like it's Couch like fishing uh, 101. <laughs> it's like we're we're clipping coupons. <laughs> That's right. 
So uh, yeah, I just want to say thanks. And uh, with that being said, speaking of thanks, let's let's talk Stanley Cup. Wow, what a what a ride! That last game with Kachuk. Uh, we're recording this right after. Uh, is it game four? Yep. Yeah. And uh, whew, the end of that game. Wow. Thoughts on the end of that game? Would they sat Kachuk for a little bit in the third period? I don't know why. But when he was out at the end, woohoo! All hell broke loose at the end of that game, and he had a chance to put one in at the end. It, they were saying his shoulders all messed up, and they were saying for a good chunk of that game, he was only holding a stick with one hand. Ed, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I the funny thing about it is, is that uh, I, I uh, I'll just say it this way: instead of having cake bread uh, cabernet last night, I had Nyquil Green Death flavor last night. So uh, I, I I taped the game last night, so I watched it this morning. And, of course, you know, the miracles of modern science, uh, it cut me off with about two and a half minutes left in the game. So uh, I <laughs> yeah. did not see the the uh, the shenanigans at the end, but I did watch the rest of the game. And it, and it did look like Kachuk, he was playing injured. He was playing hurt. Uh, there was that one that one point in the game where, you know, they pressed him up against the, the glass, and he, he didn't really push back all that hard. And, uh, you know, I mean, that hit, I mean, look, shoulder injuries, you know, that neck injury, That I mean, that is a very painful thing to play through. So, um, you know, these guys are playing. I mean, these guys skate at 21, 21 miles, you know, 22 miles an hour, you know, flat out. And these dudes are not tiny humans. So. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Ed. No, nah, you're good, man. Let it rip, man. Now, I got one question. Does Alex – Petrangelo, whatever his name is, should he get suspended for that at the end? Because he came out of the box. If you're going to be fair, they, they suspended Darnell Nurse earlier in the playoffs. So, I mean, if you're going to rule by the letter of the law, he should be suspended. Yeah, it's you the Stanley know, Cup. It all, it all comes down to uh, they're, going to, they're going back to Vegas. They get a chance to win on home ice, which kind of doesn't happen too often. It seems like every Stanley Cup winner is on opposing ice most of the time. Um but yeah, it, it's a it's a good talking point. It's nice to throw out there. I mean, I'd like to see some emails, uh, maybe your thoughts on that. Maybe it's something we can we can toss around. But thoughts on that, like Tom, what what do you what would you do? Oh, on whether he should be suspended, I yeah. I suspend him. I I hate to even if it is the playoffs, if you got the rules are the rules, and you you shouldn't change the rules for if whether it's in the first game of the season or if it's the game seven of the of the Stanley Cup. But uh, I mean, I'd like you'd like to see all the play, the best players on the ice to decide it. But when something happens like that, and you've already set a precedent, you should stick to it. What do you think, Ed? I mean, look, here's the deal. I mean, like the NFL, the NHL is really starting to turn into the NFL, like this ticky tack stuff. This is the NHL, you know. And the thing about it is, it is a tough and violent game. And the thing about it is, is that. You have it, that's how they play the game. And I, look, the thing about it is, is that you know, I mean, we saw today that they, that uh, the Quebec majors they just came down with a big edict from the big ivory tower saying that they're not going to allow fighting anymore. I mean, it is one of the few games that is like left that is a hard game, it's a man's game, you know. I mean, look, you, you're gonna put your big boy pants on when you step out on the ice, period. Like, I'm not, a, I'm not the biggest human being known to mankind, but dude, it's it's Stanley Cup. I mean. You know, and it keeps the sick penalties down. It yeah, keeps right. that cheap stuff down. You know, I mean, you have, I mean, you know, because the referees certainly don't see everything. Um, you know, and th that's my take, man. I, I think that it's getting far too soft. Uh, you know, take a line from you guys up there. It looks like they're really pandering to the pink hats, if you will. 
you know, well, the bandwagon the, fans. <clears throat> the the thing that I like to see, and I think I brought this up either the last episode or the episode before that, I like to see the, the NHL get back to the bigger teams rather than the smaller teams. I think it just makes it more um, old school. If I, That's probably the easiest way I can put it. If you're going to take a, a, out the enforcers and things like that, uh, uh, make them be big. You know, I, I want to see bigger players like – Vegas is not intimidated by, and it's so surprising, the teams that they rolled through and beat. And Vegas just, it looks like they're on the cusp of doing something awesome. And they're not falling for a lot of the BS that, you know, the Panthers try to, you know, if they, they're losing at the end of the game, they try to set the tone for the next game. I like that a lot. It's like, you're not going to get a free pass with us, even though if you beat us, you're going to, you know, you're going to know that you played us. And I love that. I, I want to see that identity come back to the league with a lot of the teams you know like uh not to not to push my flyers america's team but the philly flu needs to come back you you watch all these flyers documentaries and they always talk about when you went over that bridge you had the philly flu guys were getting nervous they they, there was an aura when you played in the old spectrum and i missed that i mean i i had a chance to go to a couple games there as a kid and it was like the built the uh, believe me, I'm not inflating this because it's that team. The vibration in that building was like it was like before they were called the Legion of Doom. That line, like I saw them in the late '80s. I mean, that building used to have like an evil kind of like aura to it. Like those people aren't right in the head. There's just something about it, and I, I they're my people. I, I we've been there. We've seen it. I, we've seen it at the ECW arena. The, it's it's a whole different that city of brotherly love thing. It's the polar opposite. It's like if you're an opposing team coming in there, or you're, you know, I've heard it from people that are Eagles fans. If that is Steelers fans that go there, they get stuff thrown on them. You know, the famous story when we went to the Stanley Cup and that kid's trying to take a piss and the two guys are on both sides of him yelling in his ear, you got a lot of balls wearing that jersey in here. They're crazy. The guy punching the sheetrock in the the roof of the Wells Fargo Center. It's, it's crazy. I love it. I mean, I, I want to see it come back. I hope that the whole NHL has that. But what I will say about Vegas is the vibe that they have. If you go see a game there, it, it, you will love the presentation. It's it's Las Vegas from start to finish. And I wish more teams were like that. I wish they had that presentation to, that will make you a fan, even if it's your first time ever going to a game because your boss gave you tickets or something like that. Every team should have that vibe that they're trying to turn you into a lifetime hockey fan, and that, that's lost. Go ahead, guys. Hey, I got one. This is this is the thing that drives me crazy. This happened in the first period, right? And Lebrowski had a nice big hit, and the announcers are apologizing for a clean hit. Like, that's disgusting. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go deep into the the uh, the the mailbag of hockey but hockey movies and go Morris, you make me sick when you speak when you talk like that. I mean, you're apologizing for a clean hit. Like, it's a clean hit. Stop. Like, just yeah. stop it. Like, there's no need for that. You know, I mean, like, just stop. You're, they're dissecting all this ticky-tack stuff, like, in, like, with penalties and everything like that. And, it's, and it just looks – and there was, a, there was a play last night that, you know, I, there was a play that went, happened in the corner. I think it was in the – I, I want to say in the second period. And a stick got knocked out. And then they got – then they called the penalty on the Panthers right after on it. And it wasn't even, and it wasn't even a penalty. And I mean, it just kind of seems like, you know, that, uh, you know, that there's a little uh, heavyweight going towards Vegas, you know, 
Just saying. Tom, anything to add? I I don't know if you guys saw the story, but I'd love to be a fly in the wall for this this summer. Uh, Brady Kachuk is getting married, and Matthew Kachuk is the best man, and Mark Stone is the groomsman. Oh, <laughs> so wow. I think that's somebody's going to have bragging rights there. And, and Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what did, what did you think about the fans in Florida throwing all that junk on the ice like as all that stuff was happening? Oh, that's garbage. That's To me, it's garbage. And unfortunately, you're seeing it more and more in sports. I mean, as I can't say anything bad because I've seen it in Boston a few years ago. And it's just, I don't know, the fans are poor losers. And I mean, they, I don't no, know. they're pissed because they paid $100 for parking. That's <laughs> that's where I was going. They actually charged the Florida Panthers fans $100 to park for that wow. game. So I, I think that with that high ticket price, it, it, it come, I, th I think it's almost like the parents with the hockey. You're paying a huge amount of money. It's not $100 for baseball. It's like three grand. And when there's not a return on that money, I mean, that that that's tough. I mean, that's yep, that's, yep. that's a big thing. You're, you're dumping three grand into something that your kid's going to play. And you you want to see a little return on it. And when this, you know, some political stuff or stuff not going your way, that's crazy. I mean, and that's why they lose their, their, their shit when, when they, uh, you know, when they travel all the way to Timbuktu and get the shit kicked out of you and your kids, the grocery stick on the bench playing every third or fourth, you know, time out there, you know, going through the lines or whatever. It sucks. But, yeah. you know, it, it, it is a thing. Hockey is one of those sports. You love it. And if you, you don't understand it, you'll never understand it. It's one Just of circle the – Sorry. Just going back – circling back to the second period, actually focusing back to the game. Like, I mean, Vegas was definitely outplaying Florida most of the game. I mean, and, and there there were a couple times where Vegas just was flat out outskating Florida. And, and on one of the goals, there were five guys just standing there, not even – taking a body or nothing, you know, to kind of – what I'm trying to do is just bring it back to the game. I mean, because yeah, we can yeah. sit here and grandstand oh, yeah, all, yeah. all day we want. And, and you're 100% right, man. You know, being, I can't even imagine, you know, the windshield time and, and the money that you guys spend, you know, being hockey parents. So, True. you know. And you know. and when you coach on top of it and there's no discount, that sucks too. But go ahead. There's a, there's a, <laughs> <laughs> so, with that being said, you know, I'm going to have to say that Hill – might get some heavy consideration for uh, Con Smythe. Yeah. He's made some really, really highlight real saves at key times too. Momentum changers too, which you don't see that too often anymore. But uh, you know uh, that the the uh, stick across the crease for on uh, Cousins was fantastic. He stuck the leg pad out blindly and stopped Kachuk at the end. Uh, so. Uh, It'll be interesting. Next week, we'll we'll probably wrap up the hockey season talking about it um, and then probably segue into uh, some other things. And with that being said, hey, Tom, um, what do you got for fantasy picks this week? Ah, fantasy picks. All right. For baseball, I actually hit the jackpot last week. Uh, Mookie Betts was unbelievable, had 28 points. And my pitcher, Shane uh, McClanahan, had 25 points and two wins. So this week, I'm going to go with uh, pitcher Steven Strider from uh, Atlanta. He's got two games this week against Detroit and Colorado. He should rack up the strikeouts for anyone that has them. And for my hitter of the week, I'm going with from the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, Wander Franco. Got two, ga two seven games. He's playing Oakland and San Diego. I think he should rack up at least a couple homers and get 
probably get somewhere between 15 to 20 points. Very good. Very good. Pretty spot on uh, for consistency with the picks, Tom. That's that's good. So, there. Uh, that's why he is the professor. The professor. The Gordon Soley of the podcast. I, I give credit is. to my statistician back here. <laughs> is it P.K. Subban? Is that your statistician? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what we're going to do is we're going to transition over to uh, we're going to start getting back in the habit of talking a little bit pro wrestling going forward. And we talked about Dark Side of the Ring last week with Chris Candido. And this week, we're going to talk about one of my favorites as a kid, uh, Magnum TA. Now, let me give you my two cents on the Magnum thing. When I was a kid and TBS was blowing up, I was always an NWA guy. watched everything, but I was always an NWA guy. Ed can attest to that. And you can verify me too, sir. Yeah, yeah. So the thing with Magnum TA with me was if you weren't there at the time to witness, he was almost had a Goldberg-type um, presentation to him. Not that he was he was big, but he was like a chick magnet. He had like a little bit of everything. Like the guys liked him because he was tough, but he would beat everybody really quick. His matches were like eight seconds, 12 seconds, under 20 seconds, the belly-to-belly squash, everything his presentation and the way that they presented his character was really badass for the for, for that time uh when he had that accident i had a chance to go to the crockett cup in baltimore in 87 and still to this day i can remember when they brought him out the crowd was so like it was so weird how emotionally the crowd was involved in his being there because nobody knew he was there and that was the first time every and everybody had seen him walk again and we came out and hugged Nikita and Dusty and they showed it in the dark side of the ring it was absolutely like awe-inspiring and uh, you know I was probably uh, 14 at the time 13 14 and it was amazing to see and uh, it's one of my fondest memories of one of the things that I got to see wrestling wise. Um, so guys, give me your thoughts on the episode and thoughts on Magnum TA in general. Ed, you can go. You know, I, I'm going to have to say is, is that, you know, I, I really was, I was kind of like a 51, 49 guy, you know, growing up. I mean, because I, you know, TBS was on and I remember, you know, I, we we're a little bit late in the hometown that I grew up on getting cable. So I, I didn't get, I didn't get the TBS until about a year, probably after, you know, Magnum TA started really starting to catch on and that type of thing. But I remember watching him and, you know, and, you know, him and Nikita just, you know, and to see like what they did in the, in the dark side of the ring thing, you know, and, and to hear that backstory on, you know, when, when they did the interview with, with Magnum TA in the hospital room and, you know, then they, then they had Nikita on the front cover of pro wrestling illustrated and saying, you know, I, I cried for Magnum TA. I mean, like, because Nikita was just, I mean, he, I mean, he had that kind of, you know, iron sheet kind of man. He just, he was so awesome. And, and then to see Magnum TA, you know, and to see Magnum TA go out there, you know, and like how he wrestled it, I mean, it's hard for people to understand nowadays that it was, you know, this was before the internet. This oh, was super K Fabe. Super K Fabe. Yeah, like yeah. these guys, when you, the thing that's lost in wrestling today is I don't want to go and see an event live and be bigger than the guys that are wrestling. 
Uh, these guys were men. These were guys that couldn't hold nine to five jobs. These were, uh, you know, unhinged individuals, some of them. You know, uh, uh, Bruce Brody wasn't going to be working at your uh, checkout counter at Lowe's. You know what I mean? It's it's Stan Hansen, yeah. guys like that. They're, they're, that's what's lost on pro wrestling these days. I mean, I mean, Rick Flair talks about it. He's like, we used to do 4,000 miles a week. I mean, think about that. These dudes are spending 4,000 miles in a car in a week to travel and hit territories. I mean, it wasn't anything like what, you know, what AEW is now and what WWE is now. Not even close. Because if you didn't see it at 6.05 on TBS, it was gone. Yeah. You didn't see it. Yeah. That was it. So, I mean, yeah. and to see, and, and, you know, and I remember, you know, them talking about the accident on TBS. And it was like, you know, and, and you could feel the energy kind of come out of that broadcast. You yeah. Know? So yeah. it was it was definitely different. Thomas? Oh, I, I love the episode itself. I mean, the stories on it. I love that backstage, not backstage, but some some of the behind the scenes stuff that, I mean, I used, that's why I loved the uh, the uh, shoot videos and stuff. But the story with Buzz Sawyer had me laughing where he tells him that it's cost 20 grand to train uh, to get a wrestling license. He took the money and ran and Magnum TA followed him to Oregon and ended up training him for two hours before Magnum TA had his first match. So he only had like two hours of training before he actually wrestled his first match. Yeah. Like, that told you how much, he, how fast he picked it up. I mean, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, and what an, um, his look to Tom Selleck was like spot on with the, uh, you know, the Magnum TA instead of the Magnum TBI thing was fantastic. I mean, who they, they said who came up with that gimmick. Andre. Um, Andre oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. So yeah, there you go. Uh, Credit to Andre for uh, coming up with that one because it it changed uh, you know his whole um, presentation of his gimmick. I mean, yeah. I, I love how when they said when he first came out, they were trying him different things, and Dusty was the one that said, "Just get the leather jacket and the in the motorcycle and and go with something like that. Stop messing around with these other goofy gimmicks." But um, uh, you know, we could talk about that episode for a while too, but um, we got about seven minutes left before we uh kind of wind everything down um do you want to tie in that episode um with anything tom before we uh move on no that's, that was all i was going to say I, I love the kfab where they said that they had to sneak the wrestlers and the bad guys into uh the hospital to see them that was that was another funny uh funny thing i saw but yeah that uh stockade uh, was it 87, the one that uh, Ronnie Garvin lost the flare, the, the flare loss, yeah. and then he got it back from Garvin. That was, I was assuming all this time that that, that was going to be uh, Magnum T.A.'s little run there. You, you do the what-if game there. If he had stayed healthy and never had that happen, how big he would have been. And whether or not, you, at that time, Vince was throwing out the money like crazy. Would he, do you think he would have gone to the WWE? I don't know. He had a he had a strong look. I mean, and he yeah. he was uh, he had a he had one of those like I said those rare Barry Windham kind of things. Like the guys liked him as as a good guy because they were tough, but the girls could get behind him too. You know what I mean? So yep. that's that's rare. With you don't get that too often where you get that that rugged dude that the guys are cheering for and the girlfriends or the wives can get behind too. And like I said, these were men. These are these are grown and grown ass adult men. These are big dudes. Um, and to see Magnum TA on the segue now, that that's kind of a little heartbreaking too. But it, it's it's good. We, me and Tom had seen him a couple times live, and he's he's good to me. He's I've got my picture with him. 
Yeah, he's very enjoyable to, uh, and he seems like very uh, fond of the fans too. So uh, with that being said, uh, we're going to move on to um, shout outs and uh, album pick of the week. Tom, what do you want to do? Shout outs or pick of the week? I'll do the pick of the week quick. Okay, this go week, ahead. I'm going with Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction. Uh, came out in 86. And I, a few things I thought were interesting were some of the songs the guys had started writing before the band actually had had uh, formed. And uh, they ended up finishing it when they uh, formed. Like Duff McKagan wrote It's So Easy. And uh, Izzy Stradling wrote Anything Goes. And uh, another interesting thing was I didn't know that Tracy Guns was originally one of the founders of the band. And yeah, from L.A. Guns. Well, I, yeah, I didn't. I never realized that. Yeah. And then, I mean, this thing is loaded with good songs. And Welcome to the Jungle, Paradise City, Mr. Brownstone, Sweet Child of Mine. Just awesome, awesome uh, album. It's tough when you get a debut album that good. That you can never kind of, you know, do anything that's that's as equal to it you know what i mean that's that's the the tough thing i don't think they ever as popular as they were i don't think they ever even came close to touching the popularity of or the quality of that album i think the thing that made that album so big was they were anti whatever was going on as far as um glam at the time so they were different you know it was like more of that uh that sleazy kind of uh, Sunset Strip, kind of kind of like what Molly Crew kind of had in the beginning, but Guns N' Roses kind of had their own spin on that. But, you know, I mean, they talk about all kinds of funky stuff in that that first album with the lyrics and everything. So, Ed, thoughts on that album? I mean, great <laughs> album. And, uh, you know, I mean, how can you not like Welcome to the Jungle? I mean, it's, you know, I mean, now to piggyback on what you just said, I mean, if you listen to Rocket Queen, uh, that speaks on what you just said. Very, uh, there's a certain part of that song that uh, uh, that is uh, a certain particular person's girlfriend uh, having some things happen. Uh, yeah, in there's, the booth there's, with a, Axel. there's a story about that. That's in yeah. the sound booth, I guess, when they yeah. recorded that. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's a, I'm sure there's stories like that with a lot of. Uh, you know, these bands and stuff like that, which surprises me with all this Me Too movement that's coming out, that a lot of these people aren't getting pinched for underage uh, stuff that went on way back in the day. But that's another, that's that's a whole nother uh, topic. That's a whole uh, different podcast. Yeah, yeah. So um, before we wrap up this week's episode, we're going to, I'm going to throw it to these guys for uh, any shout outs that you want to throw out this week. I want to shout out mainly whoever the fans because i mean we blew up this week on the uh youtube channel i don't know who it is but thank you very much and keep it up please <laughs> and what do you got you got anything well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say i, I got a couple things uh number one uh number number six glad you're doing better glad thing everything came out okay uh number two uh it is a it is uh vince labardi's 110th birthday today uh you know just win baby and then number three Least, last but not least, uh, Sharon, thank you very much. For, you are our fe first female uh, male correspondence that we've ever received. So we we really do appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, Ladies, send us the info. We'll read them. I, I, you know, it, I will say that she's the first one we've read on the air because you can't talk about the, some of the stuff that you get. So, yeah, everything gets well, yeah. <laughs> everything yeah. gets Keep it PG-13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, one of these weeks we're gonna have when we add uh, 
you know, those special episodes where we have a fourth host. So I'd like to get a, a female opinion one of these weeks. It'd be kind of kind of cool to bounce some <laughs> bounce some stuff off. Uh, you know, especially depending on what subjects we're talking about that week or at that time of the season. Because this is definitely a seasonal podcast. We'll be talking about different things within the half an hour, depending on what what sports season is going on. But we'll try to sprinkle a little pro wrestling there just to wet the whistle and you know football season's coming. I know college football season's coming. These guys love their college football. So be all over that stuff. And, uh, you know, Portuguese Phantom. <laughs> first mention, got to throw it in there. That's right. <laughs> so with that being said, uh, guys, we're going to wind it up and uh, finish this one off. You got anything before we go? Nope. Thanks, nope. Thanks everybody. <laughs> all right. So we'll see you uh, next week. And, uh, Everybody keep watching this stuff, and uh, we'll keep giving you the stuff. <laughs> See Later, everyone. Later.